0: Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. It's episode 68 with Pete and Jordan.
1: How defensiveness is holding you back.
0: Ooh. I almost
1: lost my, like, I always say the title, but we've been gone for, I like, I don't know, a, a month, month and a half?
0: No, no. it has been that long, has it? Just yeah. Just a month.
1: I think it's, okay, uh, since June. We haven't been here since June, and so I feel rusty. I
0: know, me too. I forgot to do this.
1: Yeah, so how defensiveness is, is holding you back, which... Do
0: you think you're I defensive? think is interesting.
1: Uh, I can be. It mm-hmm. really depends on the situation, and I don't really love the face that you're making right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't be be wait to and... get into this one. No, at this, I've had some major breakthroughs this summer on this topic hmm. and seen how... I'll go ahead and own it and jump to it. How I have at times, I think, damaged some relationships and damaged some personal growth because of my defensiveness.
1: Hmm. I don't see you as a super defensive person, but I do see you are stubborn sometimes.
0: Yeah, there's moments that it's really messed with me. So, <laughs> so. we're going to talk about that today. We also going to we'll start a, a new series next week. We're back to uh, should be pretty much every week start a a new series on a a called uh, a life worth living. Yep. It's about just intentionality and living life on purpose. And, uh, I don't know, it'd be a couple, three, four weeks long.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it'll be really good. Obviously, if you guys don't know, Pete, he is, um, a life coach as one of your careers. And so you work with some really incredible people through tons of exercises. And I feel like you have probably garnered a lot of like very practical applications for truly like living a life that's worth living. So yeah. I we're, think we're big fans around that. I think of, so many that.
0: people are living what I call, you've heard me use this phrase, a default life. Mm-hmm. Life's just happening to them, and they respond to the events and circumstances as they unfold. The opposite of a default life is a design life mm-hmm. where you actually take control. Mm-hmm. And you take control of your decisions and circumstances, and it's a completely different life that is filled with passion and it's filled with purpose, and so I'm excited to talk about that.
1: Yeah, that'll be really good. I'm excited. So So, we were gone, and then...
0: Yeah, we were gone, and we were gone because, well, we always take a little bit of a summer break from the podcast, but man, we were just traveling like crazy, had some fun vacations with the family.
1: Yep, we had two beach vacations, one with your boys and your mom and stepdad, And we went down to Florida in Georgia, or not in Georgia, in Tennessee, or just to the south, you go to Florida for the beach, which is kind of not normal, I guess, because we were talking to some people from like Michigan, and like, why do you go to Florida? Because it's so hot down there. But that's like the goal. Um, So we went to Florida for a whole week. Um, That was awesome. We had a great time, everybody in one house. Uh, It was a blast. And then we did another week of vacation with my family, like truly like a week after that. Yeah. So it was a lot of beach time thing. Thankfully, Pepper loved the beach because we had a lot of it. She really um, did love the she beach. She did great. Yeah, I thought she would, I, at her age, I hated sand, like I hated mm. textures, things like that. So <laughs> she was much better at that than I was. But yeah, so that was with my whole side of the family. We had like 22 people in one house. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people in a that house. Is a lot. Thankfully, we had like, it was a big home, so we could like spread out, but it was a, you got to experience that for the first time. It was fun. Um, and then we had Pepper's birthday like two weeks after she that. She is one now. She's one whole year old. I literally, I, I, I don't believe it.
0: Is one? No, one's not a toddler yet. That's like two. No,
1: medically, she is now considered a toddler. Like when you go to the doctor, you have to check toddler. I did that. Wow, we have a toddler. Let's go. No, it's so sad. I like (laughs) she's always going to be a baby to me. But anyway, so it was fun. We had a big party. Um, We'll have a vlog with that. Um, All the footage from her parties soon. Um, So anyway, it was a lot. It was a lot shoved into like three weeks, and I was so excited for those three weeks and now they're over and now I'm sad
0: yeah that's that's kind of the way summer vacations work
1: (laughs) I know but it's like now it's August and it's just hot and there's nothing like there's no football yet there's no it's like you're past the point of the pool being fun generally
0: after July 4th weekend I'm kind of ready to move on to fall which is unfortunate because it's still a lot of summer left yeah yeah but I just get, I'm like you, I kind of like, okay, it's hot. There's nothing we can do except for go to yeah, the pool. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's been, I don't know. It's been great, though. First world
0: problems. First world
1: problems. Um, there is a vlog up of some of our vacation. You'll see why we almost quit the vlog yeah. if you go check that out. I was done. <laughs> at With the Wilsons. Um, if you search that on YouTube, you can find that video. And then that's where we'll post Pepper's stuff. So enough about us. I want to hear about how I, why I'm being... So defensive, Pete Wilson. Mm-hmm. How is holding me back?
0: Well, let me set it up. So, okay. a couple things happened this summer that were pretty eye opening for me. One was a scenario. I won't give all the the personal details, but someone had confronted me about something they thought I had done wrong, mm-hmm. and not it wasn't not a big thing, not a moral thing or whatever. But no. uh, I disagreed with their assessment of the situation, mm-hmm. um, and I expressed that mm-hmm. <laughs> my. My disagreement. Which and you would
1: not have probably done years ago. You've grown a lot not. and kind of just expressing yourself.
0: Yeah, but I'm trying to find the balance, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that, that conversation didn't go real well, to be honest. And um, then uh, it was a couple weeks after that, I was actually on a flight and I read this quote that really kind of convicted me. It said this, when you're committed to proving a point in a conflict, you're simultaneously committed to not hearing the other person. -hmm. I was like, "Ouch!" I thought back to that conversation, and maybe I did prove my point. Maybe I did, you know, get my my thoughts across. But I don't think that other person actually felt probably heard in that moment. And Mm -hmm. I was like, "Man, I think I probably could have handled that better." And then what happened is about a week after that, I had to confront somebody, and I was confronting them. I didn't feel like they were carrying the weight on a project. Tried to, you know, constructively point that out and they got defensive instantly. Mm -hmm. And I'm just watching them get defensive, and I could see myself in them.
1: Mm. And I was like, dang it.
0: It That's exactly what I did. And I can see how that is extremely frustrating to people when they might approach me about an opportunity for growth in my life, and I just immediately go to being defensive and pushing my point or defending Mm -hmm. myself. And I think this is a pretty natural thing for a lot of people. It happens to all of us. And and someone, you know, it could be your spouse, it could be a family member, it could be a co-worker, brings up something that you said, or maybe something that you did in hopes of shedding some light on your behavior. And instead of listening to what they have to say and unpacking the criticism, you just feel attacked and you go on the defensive. So I don't think this is uncommon. I think The vast majority of you that are listening to this podcast right now have probably experienced somebody getting defensive with you, and that was frustrating. And my guess is the vast majority of you, from time to time, get defensive with others. Mm -hmm. It is a very easy habit to slide into, and if you get to a place where your go-to response, anytime someone brings up an issue with you, is to be defensive – that's very damaging to your relationships. I mean, it really is. And among other things, it sends a direct message to the people that are you know, approaching you that their opinions don't matter, and it makes it really hard to engage with you in healthy communication. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that the person approaching you doesn't also have a responsibility, Right, right. Anytime you're approaching somebody to shed some light on a behavior, there are certain things and ways that you can approach that conversation, and maybe that'll be part two of this conversation <laughs> one day. Uh, definitely things you can do right. to make sure that they... It's received. Received a, l- a little better. But whether or not they do that or not, I still think we have a responsibility to try to create an environment where we can grow and people can feel like they are heard and they understand, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I think defensiveness is a really hard habit to break. I think almost all the time when someone kind of you know engages you with some form of criticism, your brain, I don't think most of our brains are hardwired for growth. I think most of our brains are hardwired for protection. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that your initial reaction is going to be to want to be defensive. But what I'm going to encourage all of us to do, starting with myself, and then of course you as well, Jordan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're next in line,
0: Jordan. Is that you hit the pause button in that moment. And so this is a really hard habit to break. And what I want to do is just talk about uh, five different like signs of defensiveness okay. and, and maybe a few tips to avoid it.
1: Great. All can't right? wait to hear
0: it. You ready to dive into this? I'm ready. Uh, the first one is just something we're going to call Labeling. And labeling happens when a person tries to state their position, and you simply reduce their behavior to labels. So this is they'll, they, they'll approach you about something, but you flip it real quick to you're just being mean, or you're being unreasonable, mm-hmm. right? Or sometimes, I, this gets said a lot, especially in intimate relationships, is you're crazy. Like, you're just crazy. That's not the, what happened or whatever. And it, it's just a common way for defensive people to assign labels to themselves and to other people as a way to defend themselves. So sometimes we assign the labels to them. Sometimes we assign the labels to ourselves. And you'll say something like this. Well, I guess I'm just a lousy spouse and everything is my fault.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See that? Mm-hmm. Or you might say something like, I guess I'm just a terrible dad. Yeah, And you know that's not what the other person is saying.
1: You're trying to make them feel bad that they're trying to talk about something to you that's hard to hear.
0: That's right. So you just label it. And I, I, thinking back, there's so many times that I've done that. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to so quickly agree.
1: I mean, can I say one that you're really guilty of? Yeah. And and this may be one of your points. You you often say, um, I'm allowed to feel like this. I'm allowed, to be, I'm allowed to be frustrated. I'm allowed to be mad about this. I'm, and, and that's not untrue, but it mm. may not have been exactly what I was addressing was that's right. Was what you feel, but maybe how you projected yeah. it. Yeah,
0: and you weren't probably in that moment. I don't know the specific example that you speak of, <laughs> but you probably in that moment were not saying, Pete, you're not allowed to feel angry. Right. You probably didn't like the way I was representing my anger or expressing right. my anger.
1: Exactly, yes.
0: But you see how I can take that and label that. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah, that that's a great example. I'm just yeah. learning through your mistakes.
0: Thank you. All right, enough of you. <laughs> okay. No more sharing for you.
1: <laughs> no more questions.
0: <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I, all right, I hear you. I hear you. And again, with almost all these, my my tip is just breathing. My my tip is slowing down enough mm-hmm. to listen to this person mm-hmm. to give them. Ample opportunities, you know, hey, is there anything else? How did it make you feel when I did that? You know, you're trying to pull out of them, believe it or not, more information instead of throwing a label on it that shuts the conversation down right away. Right. Okay. Okay. I like it. Two is uh, doubling down when you're wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and I think, I think, Jordan, you might be guilty of this from time to time.
1: Okay. So it's examples.
0: like, so you know, you had an argument and you realized your stance was incorrect, and regardless, you continue to argue the point, thus completely defe- defeating, like, the whole purpose of the discussion, and you know, further fueling the disagreement. I, again, I have done this. I've I've admitted this publicly that there can be times I'm in a fight with you. And it hits me that, oh, she might be right. But instead of just stopping in that moment and saying, you know what? You might be right. I will double down (laughs) and keep going with the argument, thinking maybe that can convince you.
1: That's the absolute worst feeling when you realize you're wrong, but you're too far in and you're too mad. (laughs) You just can't. There's like no turning back. And then it's just awkward. Yeah, yeah. I think we both do that probably. Definitely. And just keep digging.
0: No one likes to be wrong right no one likes to be proven wrong i get that like i don't i hate it but i think there are times when the people around you whether it's a co-worker whether it's a boss you know whether again with a spouse whether it's your kids like i think when someone lays out a valid point and you realize you were incorrect the absolute best thing you can do and it goes a long way in any relationship is just own it
1: i mean it's so easy. Like when you look at it, when you're not mad, but in those moments, like say I was really, really wrong and I knew I was wrong. And all of a sudden I just said, you know what? You're right. The whole thing is diffused. Yeah. Like it's not like I lose, you win. It's like uh, the fire was put out immediately, but it's so hard to do it. It's yeah. like, I don't want to put the fire out. I don't want to burn the house down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to keep
0: going. <laughs> I'm going to ride this all the way. <laughs>
1: Oh, this is like counseling. Okay, what's the third
0: one? The third one is, I I couldn't really come up with a great term. Like, I wanted to call it passive aggression, but I think it's also pushing it back on the other person. Gaslighting. Yeah. Gaslighting would be a great thing. So let's say you, you come to me and you want to address something that you've seen in me or a pattern you've seen in me. The temptation for me is to immediately flip that and instead of owning it, right, and I think this most often knows this. This most often happens when you know you're busted, like when you know what the other person is saying is absolutely true, mm-hmm. right, and you can't come up with a good defense. You immediately go to, "Well, you mm-hmm. blank," mm-hmm. or remember when you did mm-hmm. this.
1: Well, you never blank, right? And so, or I did this because you did this. Like that's right. You treated me like this, so I responded like that's gaslighting, where it's just like yeah. Sorry, there's a fly and it's That's driving right. absolutely We have crazy. a
0: fly problem in our house. I don't
1: know what's going on. We open the doors a lot, but there <sighs> are flies everywhere outside of our, um, out of our house. I don't, I don't get it. Do We've- you feel
0: dirty? No. <laughs> <laughs> no I don't. <laughs> I do. Just seeing flies oh, you around. I thought you meant yes. physically right now. No, military. no, no. I didn't mean like you're so dirty. I know. It's we like I flies. showered
1: for this. Um, no. Anyways, so if you see flies, we're sorry. Continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, but so you, gaslighting, passive aggressive. Yes, I get yeah. that. That's, you're
0: flipping their argument.
1: Yeah. I feel like that is, I don't know that that is our biggest one. I think that's no. probably one that neither of us are super bad with i think all the others I am,
0: well i think I, I think with the passive aggression comes in let's say especially in the workplace when a coworker sits down with you and shares some something that they feel like is out of whack or something you could be doing better mm-hmm. you know the reality is there's a good chance there's some things that you, you have held, your own list about them
1: yeah and you've held on to it
0: and you haven't had the courage to do the hard stuff of actually sitting down and communicating that with them okay
1: so it's so funny you say that because I thought the passive-aggressive comes in relationships that are not very intimate. I don't mean that like... I just mean like you don't have a very open relationship with communication because the reason I don't think we have, we don't have a problem with passive aggression is because I, we communicate a lot, probably too much and that can lead to other defensiveness. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when you are not, when you are having that passive aggressive tendency, it's probably because you've been holding on to a lot of things that you haven't communicated. And so when someone does approach you, you're like, okay, let's go. Like I have a whole list. Um, And I can say that about other, Other people probably in my past in life and all of that, but with you, I don't think I have that as much because that's a great example. At work, you really, you really can't like you can't just every time you feel something like hash it out. I mean, I guess you can, but you're not going to be well liked. Well,
0: and and for those of us who tend to sometimes be passive aggressive, which I I can have that tendency as well, I think that you know it's when you hear them start pointing some things out to you, literally in your mind, you're like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Are you kidding? Like, I've got a laundry list on you. Mm-hmm. As if somehow they aren't aware or that them approaching you means that they think they're perfect. That's mm-hmm. not what they're generally usually saying in that moment. Right. That I'm perfect. I don't have anything going on here. Right. You yeah. know, it. that's usually not the case. But we make that assumption.
1: Mm. I think that's a really good, like, practice when someone's coming to you with something to tell yourself that, They're not saying that they're perfect either. It's just like a reminder, like they're not trying to place themselves above me, because that's what it feels like. Like you feel like you're being put down on a low level, being spoken spoken at, um, instead of it being like even playing field, trying to help each other get better. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And
0: it's a big deal because I mean, what we're talking about here is your growth, and so defensive people who consistently go to a defensive stance and in some kind of conversation like that, they're ruining their chances for further growth for themselves. And they're also simultaneously destroying healthy Mm -hmm. communication Mm -hmm. inside of that relationship.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's
0: kind of this double whammy. All right. Number four is mind reading. And uh, it's another sign of defensiveness is to assume that you know what the other person is thinking and voicing, that in an effort, you know, to push the argument off of them. This might sound like, so you just think I'm a loser and I can't do anything right. Right, mm-hmm. so I, I'm again. That's probably not You're putting what they words said. In their mouth. You're putting yeah. words in their mouth. You're assuming you know what they're thinking. Um, you know, uh, you could say something like, uh, "You're right. Everything is just my fault." Mm-hmm. When somebody says that, like back to you, when you confront them about something, essentially what they're saying in that moment is, "I'm done with this conversation."
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: I'm ready. To, you know, it's like. It's just a quick way of it's a it's a nicer way of saying shut up. <laughs> it probably
1: also means that that person has already has insecurity about the thing that you're talking about.
0: oh, absolutely.
1: because if you're if you shut it down that quickly, obviously, in your mind, your mind has fired off tons of things you've told yourself about that same thing over and over and over. Yep. And you're like, I can't handle that and you at the same time. So let's just stop. And it's like a defense mechanism, even just in your mind, not actual true defensiveness. But like, you're biologically, I feel like you shut it down because it's too much.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of that that, uh, Charles Cooley quote we've talked about on the podcast before where he said, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who you, I am who I think you think I am. Mm. And when that gets entered into the argument where you start trying to read their mind and you think you know what they actually think of you, That's gonna bring out a lot of insecurities in that
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really big one. I think mind reading in and of itself is just its own form of like projection of your own shame kind of because you're thinking they're thinking the worst and it's not usually not probably the case. That's a good one.
0: Here's the fifth sign, this is one of the most like obvious signs of defensiveness, is that you often have post conversation guilt. Meaning, you know, most people who are defensive also inherently later on realize, you know, that maybe they were wrong. Maybe they didn't handle the situation well. Uh, and what they'll almost always do is go back to that person and say, hey, I'm I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have responded that way. You were right. You know, the the so, problem is you might do a lot of damage if you're always having to go back and apologize.
1: I will say, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm not sure that, uh, there's a huge percentage of people that actually do have that conversation. Mm. And that's why relationships just get frayed, yeah. is because eventually you can only take so much of that without having some some acknowledgement of that circumstance. And I think a lot of times, if, if that person is not apologizing, there could be a, f- a whole gamut of reasons, right? But a lot of times it's an awareness thing, a self-awareness thing that um, is just missing. And, um, there's really not a whole lot you can do with that, but I don't know. I I just wanted to raise my hand and say that I've had many people in my past not have that awareness and
0: never come back
1: and, and humility, quite frankly, to kind of admit that. Um, and there's been several times, I mean, I don't even know how many times that I probably didn't apologize when I should have, but I'm just saying, I think the, if, if you are on the level of communication where you are apologizing, I think that's already a great sign yeah. that you have some awareness and that you felt the guilt and then did something with that. Um, I think that is a sign that you care about healthy relationships.
0: Yeah, for sure, I agree with that. I just think that if you can learn to catch it in the moment instead of always having to go back, mm-hmm. go, like I think you should go back and apologize. My, my, the first example that I gave where mm-hmm. I clearly got defensive this summer with somebody, I did circle back,
1: yeah, you, you know,
0: and say, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't handle that as well as I should have, but the reality is, I, I'd still already done a little bit of damage, and maybe that person won't be as open to come to me when they see an area of growth in my life right. because of that initial reaction. Right. So I feel like I eventually made it right, but man, if I could have caught it in that moment. It 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 could have been a really positive thing,
1: right? Yeah, no, that's really good. So
0: that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. So I, I think we, you know, for those of us who find ourselves responding in a defensive manner, uh, maybe it's become a habit, like just routine for you in your life. I think you know the two things that I think about a lot is I, I pray for one thing. I pray for humility. And by humility, and I, I sometimes hate using that word especially in religious circles because mm-hmm. it's just been manipulated in a lot of different ways and often associated with guilt and shame. That's not humility at all. Humility no. is something totally different. Humility isn't looking down on yourself. Mm-hmm. Humility is about having an accurate view of yourself. It's really about awareness, right?
1: Yeah, awareness and the ability to admit when you are not right. Yep. Like, Period.
0: And this, that's kind of my prayer. like, hey, God, help. I, I want to see myself as accurately as I can. I'm going to get comfortable with seeing myself accurately. Mm-hmm. And the only way that's going to happen is if I live a life in such a way and have relationships in such a way where people feel open and, and honest about reflecting some things back to me. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to see it all on your own. We all have blind spots. So mm-hmm. if you don't develop a humility and awareness and an openness to people speaking into your life, you are going to stunt your
1: growth. Yeah. And I really, as you're talking, this sounds kind of hippy-dippy, but I really feel like you have to love yourself in order to be humble, in order to receive, right? Like you have to really be okay with where you are to take that and to want that kind of open conversation because there were seasons in my life where I wasn't okay with where I was or I wasn't super happy with myself or my life and I didn't want that. I couldn't have that. So I feel like if you if you do feel like you're in that situation where you, like, you truly can't receive that, there's probably some other work and healing and stuff like that. So yeah. that's really good, actually. That was super practical.
0: Well, thank you.
1: Now I realize. I think it's beyond like, it's not necessarily like, oh, here's how not to be defensive. It actually is very much like spotlighting what that looks like. Yeah. And then now, later, when you say something really dumb, I'll know immediately you're being defensive. You know, and like you can me <laughs> no, and but it's The goal
0: like, is for you to be able to call yourself out, out exactly on it, to ex- feel it in that moment, it. to just pause and just just wait a minute yeah. and let it, you know.
1: Yeah, that's really good. In. Yep, that's really good. I like it.
0: Well. I hope it was helpful for you. It some was people. really
1: good. And don't forget, um, our series is starting next week. It'll be four weeks long um, le- A Life Worth Living. So that'll be really good. I'm excited for that one. That kind of is really in your wheelhouse. Um, it's going
0: to be fun. And so, we've missed you guys. I we know. really have. So it's good to be back
1: yeah it's been really great um, don't forget to check out the vlog um like i said earlier we almost quit it so there is a <laughs> episode of about that and then uh we're going to continue uploading those as often as we can um just to continue sharing life with you guys yeah all right and
0: that was another good, good talk